Alright, we are back. This is the Whatever Hunt Podcast. Strictly for the basketball people out there. Now, before we get started tonight, I have to bring in this special guest the right way. Now, this is my friend from years back. We used to work together. We talked basketball consistently. He is out of Cleveland, Ohio. We're here to talk about Cavs basketball as well as NBA point guards. My friend is on the line, Mike Walter. How you doing, man? Nothing much, man. I'm here to uh, destroy all your dreams when it comes to Kyrie Irving. I don't have dreams. I have realities. And so does the rest of the world if they've been watching. <laughs> now here, you know what? I'm going to save it. I'm going to save what I got to say about Kyrie because I'm not saying that he's a bad player. He's a good player. But, That's very big of you to say, Alan. Keep going. But... There is level is levels to this. There's levels to this when it when it comes to basketball, especially at the NBA level. So I do, however, I wanna know how did you feel when Cleveland won the championship? How did I feel when Cleveland won it? Wow, I felt like uh, as soon as it happened, I felt like there should have been another two minutes left in the quarter for us to lose. Um, <laughs> you know, we're so used to something dramatic, you know, happening, the shot with Jordan, the fumble, whatever, everybody's sick of hearing about all this, but I tell you, man, it, it was hard to, like, realize it was true. It felt like I was in a dream or something, and I think the rest of the city felt the same way, but absolutely incredible, and the, the way that they did it in such dramatic fashion, coming back, you know, being down, uh, three to one, I mean, just, just incredible, man, it's undescribable, the feeling, just really happy. I, I was with my dad, and... I can't even tell you, you know, like just, you know, that's where I started watching basketball. Jordan hitting the shot, you know, in the first round of the NBA playoffs, I think it was like 89 or 90, something like that. Game five, uh, which back then the first round only went to five games. Jordan hit the shot, you know, at in game five, the last game in Cleveland at the buzzer. And that's when I fell in love with basketball, strangely. But, you know, uh, you know, my dad kind of brought me in that way, and then I got to sit down with him and watch this game, you know, close to 25 years later, and, I mean, it's just a, an unbelievable thing to, to be able to say I did, you know? Right, absolutely. And, and, you know, just keeping up with Cleveland sports in general and the history there, it just seems like it's such a, a, a prideful city where, you know, even this whole state of Ohio period when it comes to sport, come to sports they it, it just feels like they love sports to death they want to be involved in the culture and even like win or lose they support their teams to the utmost am i right or wrong that's 100% very true very true in fact i think they got a little overboard with the browns but that's a whole different category <laughs> but yeah no I, I i do i do i mean i i love being here just because just because of that fact the fans are great here in every sport were you able to make any of the playoff games during that run did I go to any? No, I didn't. Okay. No. But I watched everyone, you know. I watch every game. I watch pretty much every Cavs game. I, I I got you. But I know I know during that Cavs run though, especially in the finals, I know you got a tad bit nervous when they were down three one. Oh a tad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you could say that, yeah. I mean nobody's ever come back from three to one. But my next door neighbor actually, who's a pretty big Cavs fan, too. He said, I mean, what are you worried about? I said, we're down 3-1 to, to the Warriors. 
Exactly. This is the best team in regular season history. He said, well, that's the regular season, and we got LeBron James. And from then, I started to believe, too. And that's why it's believable, man. We all started to believe. The Cavs started to believe, and they did it. So, well, do you all feel like you all are going to repeat this year? So, again? Do you all feel like you all will repeat? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, it's going to be tough to get by Golden State, but I think we match up better against them this year than we did last year, even, to tell you the truth. Why? Um, here's why, and I think a lot of people don't notice this, but, um, you know, Andrew Bogut is a big reason, and that sounds ridiculous because it doesn't show up on a stat sheet, but what it is is that when he was in the game, he changes shots down low. He prevents people from driving to the basket. When they drive to the basket, if they can get there, he doesn't necessarily block them, but he is going to change shots down there. Now that he's not there, you can see the Cavs are getting inside, outside, inside, outside. And when he went down in the finals, it was evident, too. We started getting a lot more inside baskets. Um, so that's that's a big reason. Of course, you know, Green, you know, not playing game five was a big turning point, obviously. But uh, I, I do. I think that... Uh, I just think that the way they are and the way we are, neither one of us have rim protectors. So it's kind of like, I feel like, you know, it's the one team that we can really, we can beat up down low and, you know, we can really play inside out with. And what you said about Bogut is not ridiculous at all because me and my buddies, we go back and forth through our group text. And I, we were talking about the fact that Golden State does not have a bench, nor do they have a big man at all. So what you said is not ridiculous at all. I know Bogut is not like your top-tier center in the league, but as far as altering shots, I absolutely 100% agree with you on that. Right, and you know what? That's another good point about their bench. Uh, You know, losing space is is bigger than people think. You know, like David West is a good player. He's solid, but at this point in his career, space is better. Yes, he is. There's no question. Space is a better offensive player than David West is right now. I was impressed with David West passing the other day. I didn't know he could pass like that for a big, but I, you know, like I said, I I think, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I think uh, West is a downgrade from space. I do agree with you. And I mean, I think it came down to just finances when it came to trading Spates and getting David West to make cap room for Kevin Durant. And also you still have to create cap room going down the line because you got to pay Steph Curry a few years from now. Right, right. And, uh, they don't even need to pay Steph Curry. Forget that, man. We're, we're, <laughs> we're going to cross that bridge uh, towards the tail end of this conversation. But speaking of speaking of point guards, which brings us to our our little debate that we're about to have about Kyrie Irving. Now, he's a he's a good player. I enjoy watching him play. I really enjoyed that shot that he hit against Klay Thompson on Christmas Day. I enjoyed how he ate up Steph Curry in the finals last year. I enjoyed him when he was at Duke. I enjoyed his hoop mixtapes. I remember when he was at North Carolina Central where I went to college at and he put on the show there. I enjoy his game overall. But what I don't like, and it's not his fault, it's the public's fault for putting these people on pedestals too quickly because he has not earned the right to be called one of the great point guards of all time or the or the best closer of all time. He's not in that category just yet, so I just need everybody to pump their brakes. I agree with that. I don't think he's one of the greatest. Of, I don't think all-time, yeah, yeah, he definitely does not deserve any all-time anything. He's a kid. You know, he's been around, what, five, six, six seasons, and he's 24. You know, I mean, he started playing when he was 19. You can't, you can't call this guy the best ever at anything. 
know. Right. But, uh, you, but, you know, see, and when you said overrated, I thought you meant overrated as in he's one of the best point guards right now, which I firmly believe. Do you disagree with that? When you when, when you say one of the best point guards right now, what are you saying? You mean top five, top ten? I mean, what do you, where are you putting and, him at? I, you know, I, I pretty much break the point guards down into tiers, okay? Like, like, here's an example. Like, tier one, okay? These are like the top four guys, and you can put them in any order you want. Okay. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Stephen Curry. No. Okay? Nope, 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 nope. I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> I'm going to stop you right there. Now see, now see, I'm taking Steph out of your list, and I'm going to put Chris Paul in there. I don't see how you can leave Chris Paul out. Oh, I got him in tier two, but yeah, I understand. Tier two. I'm not going to argue that. Is he in tier two just because of the age and the uh, the way he has regressed just a tad bit? You know, I, I you know what? I'm not going to say that Chris Paul doesn't for sure belong in tier one. I don't want to make that argument. I can't make many arguments against Chris Paul. He's phenomenal. He's one of the best point guards ever. Ever, absolutely, absolutely. And absolutely. that was, I agree. And and that was where my argument was going to go. I was going to compare, and I still am. We're going to break down Kyrie versus Chris Paul. And the reason why is because let me tell you let me tell you what's hurting Kyrie Irving, the defense. If he was a if he plays a little bit more D, he'll be okay. And if he ups his assist, he'll be okay. But the fact that he's a score first guard, but you're the point guard on paper, even though we know LeBron kind of runs the point, you you gotta up your assist in order to be in that top tier point guard floor general category. Right. That's, that that's my whole thing. What you're saying. He's, he has been he actually has been upping his assists. He's been getting a lot of double doubles lately. Um and I, I agree with you. I think he's developing that part of his game, but I agree with you it hasn't been there for the first, you know, five seasons. And just for the listeners out there, I'm just gonna break this down. Kyrie Kyrie came into the league in twenty eleven, right? When LeBron is yeah. not in the game, they're four and eighteen. Now that's not I'm not going to, like, completely just shut down the fact that he can't get a team to the playoffs. But if you want to compare him to a great who's in the league, Chris Paul, when Chris Paul was with the Hornets, he was in the he, he was drafted in 2005. In 2008, they were in the playoffs in the West with the Pelicans. And I can't name anybody on the New Orleans Pelicans back then except for Tyson Chandler. Can you think of anybody else on that team? No. <laughs> Maybe it was Ryan Anderson? I, I, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. Eric Gordon? <laughs> no, I think Eric Gordon was the trade. When he went to LA when he went to the LA Clippers, I think they traded for Eric Gordon. Okay, yeah. So I mean but your point is is that they sucked. So yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Oh, well, hold on. Right. Let's go back to let's let's go back a few years. You do you like when we were working at the gym together? And we talked about yeah. LeBron, and we talked about LeBron leaving my leaving to go to Miami. Now I know you were still a uh-huh. LeBron supporter, but did you ever think he was going to come back? You know, I, I wasn't sure. I, I really, I, I wasn't like I had ruled it out of my head, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to get too excited. Like I didn't want to think like, oh, he's definitely coming back, and then be disappointed. So I was just kind of like really, really hoping and believing like maybe a little bit, but I didn't want to, you know what I mean? Right. Like, but yeah, like I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to go there and, you know. Mike? 
Mike, did we lose you? No. All right, everybody. Got to hold on for a second. I think we lost Mike. We're going to call him back. Give me one second. All right, we got, yeah, you're back. Okay. Yeah, so you were asking me about LeBron leaving and. Right, yeah. Did you know, you, I, you, I, didn't, I wasn't sure if he was going to come back, to be honest. So when he did come back, was it all forgiven? Well, I, for me, I was never, like, I never, personally, and a lot, I think a lot of, uh, like, true basketball fans weren't really mad at him for leaving. We were just disappointed that he left. Right. You know, the people that you see on TV, Mm -hmm. uh, that the media covers that, you know, and I can set the record straight about this, okay? Okay. Those, are, those people burning burning jerseys, there weren't that many of them. But the ones that that did it, they got them on tape. And those are the idiots that they show on the news, gotcha. okay? Those are not the real basketball fans. Those people, you know, hating this guy because he made a life decision that was his decision are idiots. It's ridiculous. You know, yes, you're allowed to be, you know, brokenhearted, we all were brokenhearted that he left. But, you know, you can't hate this guy personally because of it. You know, he's not doing it to, to hurt people's feelings. He's doing it because it's a business decision. And then you're not going to, you're going to, you're going to stop watching and stop, you know, enjoying watching the best player in the world play basketball because you're pissed off about a business decision he made. How ridiculous is that? So, I mean, personally, that was my mentality. I'm like, hey, you know what? Right, absolutely. And it was great. It was great for the NBA when he went back to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I really enjoyed that myself. I didn't really care for him actually going to Miami. I didn't like that personally. But when he went back, you know, hats off to him. I feel like it was one of the great redemption stories. And even though they lost in the finals to Golden State the first year when he came back, that was a heck of a um that was a heck of a performance by him when Kyrie and Kevin Love went down. To me, you know, when you talk about one of the great basketball stories of all time, I know it may not rank up there because they didn't win the chip, That, but that was a heck of a individual performance because to me, if LeBron had just a tad bit more help or if, uh, what's the center's name, Mozgov, Timothy Mozgov, the way he played, if he had played, if he was able to up his level to like a Super Saiyan level, so to speak, shout out to the uh, Dragon Ball Z people. They would have won. They would have beat Golden State because Steph was off, as he always is in the yeah. in, in the latter part of the playoffs for whatever reason. They would have won the chip, and we wouldn't even be talking about Golden State threatening them. Kevin Durant wouldn't have went to Golden State. It wouldn't have happened. Kevin Durant would not have went to Golden State if they had lost. It wouldn't have happened. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I, I mean, you know, and. You know, like I, I, I want to say, I definitely didn't like that, you know, just going back to LeBron leaving, I didn't like that he left. I didn't agree with his decision, but I didn't hate him for it. That's the point I was trying to make. But, right. you know, so I'm with you there. Like, you know, I didn't like that he left at all. But I didn't, like, say, hell, you know, screw LeBron. Mm -hmm. No. You know, it's just like, oh, damn. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> you know? Um, and, and, but, yeah, it is one of – him coming back is one of the greatest things and yes, you're right about that. That is, you know, it doesn't get looked at because he didn't win the whole. We didn't win the whole thing, but what he did in those finals was incredible. It sure was, man. 
It's a testament to how he prepares. It's a testament to how he takes care of himself. And it's also just a testament to the people around him because you need positive people around you to do what he does. You know? So my hat is off. My hat is off to actually all NBA players, but the greats, because it takes a lot to do that. And it's a lot of worldly distractions that they have to deal with. So I have to give him a lot of credit. And I, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm not the biggest LeBron supporter all the time, but I do appreciate what he brings to the game. You know, you know, but speaking of LeBron, do you have him in your MVP race? Yeah, you know, I, if it were up to me, you know, like, LeBron is the MVP every single year. Yeah. Why? Because he is the most valuable player. Like, you know, if you want to talk about best stats player, okay, fine, it's Russell Westbrook. That's easy. It's fine. I don't know if the Thunder are even going to make the playoffs, though. Any team LeBron's on, if he goes down, that team loses. Like, every game. We, the Cavs stink without him. Right. Okay? But, but... You see his value every game, the stuff that he does. He doesn't have to score the most points. He doesn't have to get the most rebounds. He doesn't have to be the most of anything. He just does a lot of everything. Right, And it makes him valuable. And so so do the intangible things that he does. So, yeah, yeah, for me, he's like the MVP every year. Like when Jordan was playing, I thought Jordan was the MVP every year. And I thought it was ridiculous when they gave it to people like Carl Malone and Charles Barkley, who may have had better stats in any given season, but it was like, come on. You know, Jordan, of course, showed him in the finals. You know, it's like, come on. You know, like this guy, he may not have the best stats. He's got great stats. But in my opinion, he's the most valuable guy to have. He is, but you have to make it competitive. And when you see other teams or other players, like, making a come-up, so to speak, you kind of have to give them a nod. And, like, uh, i.e. James Harden, I had zero expectations for the Rockets this year. When I did my uh, Western Conference breakdown or my predictions, which actually mean nothing at all, really, but just my own predictions – I didn't even have the rock. I don't even think I had the Rockets making the playoffs because one, because of Dan Tony's system, and then also because Dwight Howard left. So I said, "Well, James Harden is going to hog the ball, and then they're just going to run up and down the court, fast-paced offense, and uh, zero defense." But they're number three in the West, and he's the best point guard in the league right now, outside of Russell Westbrook. Well, I don't think any of us saw him playing point guard. To start, you know, right. I don't think that was like it wasn't personally. I don't know if you knew or not before the season started, but I didn't know. I thought he was going to be a shooting guard still. That's what but I then thought. When I saw that they moved him to point guard. I was like, okay, what's how is this going to go? You know, he's probably just going to be the same player. And then I started seeing, you know, like you said, I started seeing those assist numbers. I'm like, whoa, whoa, this guy's a good passer. He sure wow. is, man. He sure is. He he showed me something that I didn't even know was there. Right, you know. Right, he's a, he's a great player. He's got it all. And you know what? A thing that I really like about Harden is that he is he's very crafty and that he can use his body so well to to get himself to the foul line. It's unbelievable, and it almost looks like when he's driving to the basket. It almost sometimes I don't know if you know what I mean by this, but it looks like he's in slow motion, but he's got people on ice skates. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It kind of looks slow, but it's really quick. Yep. <laughs> when I used to play. Um... 
pickup ball, there was a guy I remember playing with who would when he drove to the when he drove to the basket, he always held the ball up really high. It was really hard to get to him, and he would throw his hips everywhere in the middle of the lane. And James Harden reminds me of that. Yeah, you know, that's very true. That's very true of Harden. I agree with that. You know, so it. We are, well, I know I am excited to see what the uh, Rockets are going to do for the rest of the season. Uh, also in the MVP race, well, of course, we got Russell Westbrook, who is a triple-double machine right now. But they they have to win. And this this is not my words. From This is, um, I'm taking these words from a quote-unquote the experts where they feel like OKC has to win 50 games in order for him to get the MVP. What do you, what do you think? I think that's true. I, I I can't disagree with that. I mean, and you know what? I, I think it would be great if they did for the league, just because. I mean, how long has it been since we've seen somebody average a triple double since Oscar Robertson, and he's the only one who's ever done it. Right. Absolutely. So, you know what Westbrook's doing? I mean, you can't take anything away from it, even if they don't, you know, get to the you know playoffs or whatever. I mean, what he's doing is incredible. And I do think he deserves, you know, a definite, like, he definitely should be considered for MVP if they win those 50 games. So I have to say, yes, I agree with that. Yeah, and I think they're going to make it to the playoffs regardless. Uh, the 50-game mark, I'm not sure, because coming back after the All-Star break, I, I don't know if he'll have enough gas in the tank to carry them to 50 games uh, when the playoff push gets really intense. But they will get to the playoffs. I'm thinking maybe sixth or seventh seed somewhere in that yeah, area if they, make a, if they make a push in the playoffs you know who knows yeah right who knows they may go up against golden state that'll be great <laughs> it would be great i just i would hate to see westbrook have to lose to them to be honest with you because i you know well i'm from cleveland so i hate golden state i'll just come out and say it you know so i would hate to i, I wouldn't i would hate to see westbrook have to lose to durant yeah, that would be a little bit of a uh, stinger. That would be a yeah, little bit would. of a stinger. All right, I'd love to see him beat him, though. <laughs> it would be interesting. It would be great for the league, uh, for sure. But speaking of Golden State, man, uh, I know we were, you mentioned Steph. What What's your beef with Steph Curry? Well, here's, here's what it is, okay? Let me let me start off by saying that this this guy is incredible. He's an incredible shooter, okay? But that's it to me, okay? Like, I, I mean, I, he's a great ball handler. I don't think he's on par with Kyrie Irving when it comes to ball handling. I don't know where people get that from. I don't understand it. Um, I don't think anybody's on, the, on par with Kyrie. Let's go back to Steph Curry, though. Steph Curry is one of the greatest shooters ever. There's no question about it. This guy can pull up from anywhere. Here's the thing, though. I don't think there's something to be said about the fact that this guy really creating shots he gets them through the offense in my opinion mm. you know he has to run around picks he has to run back and forth and around he's got a nice step back three but if you have a guy like the Cavs did this the other day okay if you have a guy who can guard him the entire length of the court and is in his face you know the entire time and just follows him around everywhere he's not gonna you can hold him you can stop him and we did it the other day. And we did it in the finals last year. How many did Steph Curry average in the regular season last year? 30? About 50. MVP year? Right. About 50 you know points a game. You know in the finals, Alan? What was it? 22. Wow. I didn't even know that stat. 22 points. I know. Right. Okay. So 22. This 
league, and then he took them from 30 to 22 points a game in the finals. You know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, yeah, you know, Curry was injured and stuff. Well, who in the world, who in that game was not playing in pain at that point in the season? That's a fair point, and I, I can't argue that point. There was nothing you said right then where I can come back. I actually have to agree with you, especially on the ball handling point that you said about him and Kyrie. Whoever made that point has no idea what they're talking about. Kyrie is the best and one baller in the league. Period. <laughs> right, exactly. Period. Nobody right. can mess and with you know him. And he's a better finisher, too. You know, Kyrie, Kyrie can, you'll see Steph Curry, like, yeah, he's got some nice finishes and stuff, but, like, Kyrie Irving can get to the basket whenever he wants, and when he does, he doesn't get rejected half the time. Curry gets rejected quite a bit. I mean, and you saw it in the finals last year. I mean, LeBron was slapping his stuff in the seventh row every game. That doesn't count. That does not count. You cannot compare <laughs> some. You can You cannot use that argument. No, no. LeBron blocks everybody's I shot. Want, <laughs> I just want an opportunity to, to mention LeBron slapping his stuff into the second row. You know what I'm saying? I, just, I, see. I had to mention it, but okay, fair enough. And, um... And I don't know, man. I, when it comes to Steph, do you really want to say that he can't create his own shot? Now he's one of the best shooters off the ball, off the dribble in the league. So no, I I agree with you. I you know like he can create his own shot. Um, Brad, I don't think he's great at it. But I, I here's the thing: like if you de- like I said, he can't create his own shot if you defend him the entire length of the floor. He right. hasn't created his own shot uh, the other day against Cleveland. Right. I mean, if you watched it, he wasn't creating anything. He couldn't. He looked like he didn't even want to play. And right. Steve Kerr took him out in the last minute. He, he did take him out. out. He did take him out, and I did not like that. And as I said a few nights ago when I was talking to my boy Joe, I didn't like the fact that Kevin Durant took that last shot because you have to get Steph going. Like it, we Kevin Durant is already going. He's in the office now. You got to get Steph's confidence back because he has taken a back seat just a tad bit too much in the offense this year. And I noticed when he was on the bench, he looked disinterested. And then he came out after the game and he was talking about the offense, how he doesn't feel like he fits into the offense anymore. And for him to say that publicly is going to be a problem going down the line. And I do think, here's my sneaky prediction, he will leave Golden State. Hey, you know, I mean, that's not that's not far-fetched to me. I, I could see that happening. Those guys are big crybabies. I, I, I could see that. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> you know, uh, well, you know, it's just... Here's the thing. He looked disinterested. You're right. Like my, you know, I had this conversation with one of my buddies the other day, and he was saying, "Oh, you know, Steph wasn't even trying the other day." He was just. The thing is, is a player, a great player, will start to become disinterested and disengage himself when he's getting shut down. Mm. And Stephen Curry was getting shut down. He looked pretty interested to me when he hit that three-pointer in the fourth quarter with about a minute left, and he held all three fingers up to you know to the entire Cleveland crowd. You know? I'm, I'm laughing he because all of a sudden, didn't he? he did, he did, and I roasted him because of that because you're you're you are at an at a very intense away game, and you've been struggling the entire game. You hit one shot within the last two minutes, and you think it's over. 
you you got to get back on D. You got to put your hand down. It'll be different if you were at home and you were showboating a tad bit. But if you're, you're on the road against the team that torched you in, in the finals and you got to deal with the other guy on the other end of the court. Now, I know Clay took over the defensive responsibilities, but still, it's always still Kyrie versus Steph. Right. Regardless. Exactly. We we, we don't care who's guarding who. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, I'll give you the formula to stop Steph Curry. You ready? I'm ready. There it is. There it is. Okay. You get a you get a, a defensive stopper like either Wiggins or Iman Shumpert. Okay. Somebody that's very scrappy and that can run and just just chase him the entire game. And you get a, and you have a big that can move. A big that can make good switches and can play on play defense on the perimeter like Tristan Thompson. Okay, you, that's what the Cavs have. They have a little bit of a formula to stop this guy, and you see it statistically every time. He had 15 points the other day. He averaged 22 in the finals last year. It's not even arguable. They know what to do defensively against this guy. Well, I am looking forward to the finals. I am looking forward to the NBA playoffs, and we will definitely see when it comes to the Cavs and the Golden State Warriors because – me and you, and I think the world agrees that they will be in the finals. So we will definitely see what happens. But I, I can't really, I can't go back and forth with you on this, man. I mean, they really have shut Steph down. So. Right, right. I mean, <clears throat> hence why I say that Steph is overrated. <laughs> I I don't think he's overrated. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but who else? Look, I think he's phenomenal. But hey, look, if you if you if you do that, I I don't know. Nobody else does it, so I can't really say. Nobody else does that you know, defensively, where they just kind of, like, face guard him. So, I mean, I can't really say that, like, other teams could do it, but what the Cavs do, it'd be interesting to see another team try it. Absolutely. And and real quick before we close out, if the Warriors hypothetically don't make it through the playoffs, who do you think maybe could knock them off? San Antonio. I got San Antonio as well. We agree there. Of That's- course. Yep. Of course. We're on the same page. The Spurs. Every year you got the Spurs. If, if, if the Golden State doesn't make it, the Spurs, man. Of course. And speaking of the Spurs, real quick, as I keep saying almost every episode, trade LaMarcus Aldridge for Boogie Cousins and uh, and give my guy a shot. That's my... Really? Yes. I'm telling you. What? Why? Why? Get to Marcus Cousins, right? He's a great player. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Give him a shot on a championship contender where the coach is the alpha dog and no other player on the team can challenge him. Only The only person who can challenge him, challenge him is Greg Popovich. And I think DeMarcus Cousins will succeed. Now he's younger than LaMarcus Aldridge. He can move up and down the court way better. And he's a bigger body. Trade LaMarcus Aldridge to a contender. Send some picks. Not some, well, excuse me, not picks. Send... They can send the team, send the players from the team you send LaMarcus Aldridge to, to the Sacramento Kings with some draft picks. Send DeMarcus Cousins to the Spurs and get him out of that situation in Sacramento. That'd be interesting. It'd be really interesting. Somebody in the world is going to hear me on this. (laughs) (laughs) I heard saying that would be awesome. I, I would love to see that. I would too. I definitely would, man. But, Mike, man, we appreciate you coming on tonight, man. Thank you very much, man. Oh, anytime, man. 
on. Thank you, man. It was good talking to you again, buddy. Absolutely, man. We're going to talk Cavs basketball again before the uh, playoffs get here for sure. Sounds good, man. Absolutely. Anytime. All right, man. You take care. All right. You too, Alan. Later. All right, people, I appreciate you all listening. This was the Whatever Hunt Podcast. Thank you.